gentlemen, this is David Mercatani. Welcome back to Matt Chat. Today I am joined by the associate head coach from your Mizzou Tigers, Alex Clemson. Alex, thanks for taking some time for me on a Sunday. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man, it's always good to catch up with you. Uh, first of all, congratulations on another uh, MAC dual meet title. Thanks. You know, um, the guys have worked really hard and stayed focused and just been really, really consistent this year. We've had some flu run through our team, a couple small injuries, and top to bottom, guys have just stepped up and pulled more than their weight and helped their teammates out and really put the program first, and um, that's paved off. And I think as we, you know, prepare down the stretch because our depth is preparing so hard, it's going to push our starters. And in March, that work is going to show up in big points, I, I think. Yeah, for sure. So I did want to talk to you a little bit about the season. You know, everybody down as usual. You know, the first thing that sticks out to me is Grant Leith getting hurt. And unfortunately, that's that's an again. Um, you know, obviously, he got those, those double uh, extra years last year. But to me, what strikes Triple extra years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think you and I joked if he gets one more year when he leaves, he's going to be officially a provost at the university. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> he could then fire you, which would be a problem. <laughs> you know, but... Gosh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I see Matt's side every meet. He seems like, you know, a guy who's a really great leader. You know, what kind of kid is he, you know, for those of us who are just kind of on the outside looking in? Oh, Grant Lee's the kid that every coach wishes he had 30 of. I mean, he's he's amazing. Um, he does – he's basically self-training. Um, you know, like he'll ask our trainer, Mitch Sweet, who we've got, I think, the best trainer in the country, um, and our, our surgeon, Bust Harbox, who's super embedded in the program. Um, you know, what can I do? What are my limitations? And then he'll get creative and run stuff by those guys. And so, you know, he's doing one arm bike sprints. He's doing stance in motion already. Now that he's out of the sling, he's, he's starting to sprawl and down block and he's taking penetration steps uh, by himself, just flying all over the mat. I mean, he just, he doesn't, he's not worried about what he can't do. He's only focused on what he can do. And because of that next year, you know, I, I don't want to jinx him, knock on wood, he'll probably be an All-American again for us because of that mentality and that mindset. Um, and it, it's infectious, right? So when your guys see that, it's like, gosh, here's a guy with one arm doing everything he can do. I'm perfectly healthy. I better step up, you know, or if Grant wants to get in somebody's craw and tell him, hey, you're not holding your weight. <clears throat> they listen and they respond. And um, he's been really, really positive. Um, a lot of guys could soul can get down and be negative and, and weigh your team down. And it could be a, like a black cloud over the program. It, it's the opposite. Grant's, he's so selfless. Um, it, it's, it's pretty inspiring. I think for our athletes, I, I think our coaching staff sees that as well. And, um, so, you know, he's, he's a great student. He's in his MBA program. Um, I, I honestly wish if I had 30 of them, I'd, I'd take him. So he's, he's great. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I saw him in December at the duel versus Virginia Park Hill, and he still looks like he's probably weighs about 151 pounds. I mean, you know, he hasn't done anything to get out of shape or anything like that. I no, he's <clears> – if anything, ahead. he's lost weight. His body swells when he, when he lifts. He's a little power plant, and the kid <laughs> deadlifts over 500 pounds. Um, and so when he's not lifting, his body kind of shrinks. He probably only weighs 100. 50, 155 max right now. So 
Um, he's like I said, he's running, he's lifting what he can, he stands in motion. I mean, he eats clean, he lives right, no nothing bad in his body ever. So, um, yeah, he he probably could still whoop quite a few guys with one arm. I think. Yeah, it's good to see my old uh, eyeball weight weight eye hasn't gone too far off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess once you get good You're at on. that, once, once you get good at that, that doesn't leave you. So, um, it, it is crazy though that. If you had to have a weight, you know, where you, you know, needed to, you know, wrestle a backup or a red shirt, you had Brock Mahler and you got Jake Hughes and you've got uh, Jaden back to back to back, three Tolton kids. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Obviously, all guys that trained with Mike Ironman and sure. right there in Columbia. What, what is that relationship like just having those guys right there in the middle of your lineup? Uh, it's awesome, right? I mean, it, it's on so many levels. I mean, from a program's perspective, from from a, a fan base perspective, um, from the university, you know, um, wanting to get behind local kids and, and kids in the state. I think we have seven or eight starters um, in the state. I mean, you look at the women's basketball program with Sophie and the men's basketball program with the Porters, and now us with the, the Ironman slash Tolton kids. Um, people want to root for Missouri boys. They want to root specifically, I think even more so for Columbia kids. And so it's really great. Although three of those kids are really competitive in a, in a very healthy way. In fact, Mahler gave up an opportunity to, to get a major against UNI. And then JQs went out in the last few seconds and got it. And I said, see, I'm not asking too much of a true freshman. You're capable of it. And, and Mahler agreed. And, and then yesterday uh, he, he got the major and then, had a chance to get a pin and, and kind of let the kid off the hook. And then JQs went out and pinned the guy. And I said, Hey, your, your guy JQs is showing me up here, buddy. That's two nights in a row. And he kind of, he kind of smirked and he agreed. And, and so I have a feeling those two are just going to continue to feed off each other. I thought what was even more impressive was um, kind of the bond between them, the love between them, the brotherhood between them. When Jaden dropped, you know, that tight bout against Albert, you know, Albert right. wrestled really well on Thursday night and Jaden didn't. And that was the difference. You, know, you got two really good kids. I think our guy, you know, obviously I'm biased. I think our guy is better, but Albert was better that night and uh, he did his job and Brock and, and JQs didn't, didn't let it bother him. In fact, I think it motivated him. They wanted to pick their brother up. They wanted to come through for their brother. They wanted to come through for the team. Um, and they both talked about it post-match in their interviews and just kind of hearing their thoughts on it. You know, when they, were, when they saw that, instead of getting down, they said, hey, I, <clears throat> I got to do everything I can, not just for myself, but for the program and, I, and for my, my buddy and for my friend. These kids have been wrestling together so long. There's a really special bond there. And so that was really cool to see. Um, they're all, all those guys are pretty mature kids and really good kids, but the two freshmen are, I think, mature beyond their years. Yeah, both those guys actually, you know, wrestled in my event, so I got to learn, know them a little bit, and I definitely know what it's like to literally have a little brother that wrestled before you in the lineup and how that affects you. I mean, I remember my brother lost one year at the state qualifying meet, and it was it was mentally hard to overcome. You know, like sure. you have to hit the reset button, and you know, okay, I'm winning for both of us now, and doing what you have to do. But it, like you said, you know, for them to have that maturity level is awfully important because as good as Jaden is, you know, it, it can't be if he doesn't win nationals that those guys aren't going to do the best they can do. No, no doubt. No doubt. And then flip side too. I mean, I, I know my, one of my best friends in this profession is Scott Moore, the head coach at Lockhaven and his senior year, he was far and away the favorite going in and um, his little twin brother um, was the 133 pounder was in the semis and he scored a huge upset to make the finals that year. And Scott, 
got too wrapped up, he said, watching his brother's match and got excited for him, was high-fiving him and body slamming him and hugging him in the back. He kind of forgot to focus and warm up, and he really laid an egg in the semifinals. And so we can go both ways. You know, you can get two up, you can get two down. Um, so far, our kids have done a really good job of, of being selfless through being selfish. And it's something we talk about, especially come tournament time, that the best way you can help the program is to do your best. And so you really have to zero in and lock in and focus on what you do and, and take care of your, your job. And um, uh, I, I think our, our kids are on track to continue to do that. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And it, it, you're leading me to my, my next question, which is the mindset of the program. So I'm very interested in overall mindset. Uh, I listened to Coach Smith uh, yesterday after the Central Michigan win talk about how winning the MAC was important, how maybe needing another trophy case was important about goal setting. So I'm going to ask you like three or four questions and then get out of the way. You can answer these okay. any order you want. But, you know, what are the goals for the program? Are they the same every year? Communicate those to the team. And how do you think those goals maybe help your guys when, you know, you get into sort of the dog days of the season? Well, I, I, gosh, really good sequence there. Um, I think the goal is always the same, right? And it's not to sound cliche, but this program's, and I say this program, it's Brian Smith, right? He's, he's the guy driving the ship. He's the one that, that took the job in 98 um, when, when Mizzou was in the gutter and had a vision and had a you know belief and built this thing and then got support and built some more and got some more support and has really just captured some great inertia and, and rolled it into an awesome, awesome thing. And, um, so, you know, the only tournament Brian and, and Tiger Stone who hasn't won is the Nationals. And so that's something I know weighs on coach, not in a, in a bad way, but, like, it's driving him. You know, he, he is focused on it. He is energized by it. He is a tireless worker for that, that goal. Um, and, and the program feeds off of it. I mean, he is – that dude – I don't know if anybody works harder than him um, in Mizzou athletics, and that's not to – to knock anybody else, but I just, I know when he comes in, I know when he leaves, I know what he does on nights and weekends. Um, I feel guilty sometimes. <laughs> so uh, he, he's, he's, he's impressive and it's, um, it's fun to work with. And sometimes it's like, it's daunting, but at the same time, it's like, that's what it takes. And so you, you, we talk to our guys about you pay the toll, you pay the price. Well, Brian Smith is willing to do that for the, for the program. And it, it really is inspiring for the other guys. So that's the goal always. And I think you're, you're always reevaluating, you know, many goals, um, you know, through either to start the season or throughout the season. And you're, um, you know, you're setting those and you're reevaluating them. But the cool thing that I think that we do with our guys is, you know, as much as this is Brian Smith's program or this is Mizzou's program, it's the guy's program. It's the team's program. It's these kids' program. They're the ones that are, like, sacrificing their, you know, 18 to 23 year old lives. They're the ones that are giving up their bodies. They're the ones that are giving up their souls and their minds every day, day in, day out. And so the guys set the goals, the guys set the, the, what the standard is for the program. And so that's, you know, they, we, we, we talked about it early in the fall and, and, and on a big retreat and kind of inundate the freshmen and get it all out there. And, and then once that's established, we set the standard and we continue to talk about it throughout the year. And Coach Smith will, will kind of lead some different talks throughout the year, and, and he'll lean on Joe and I to, to voice our opinions at times. And we'll have sometimes it's organized before practice and sometimes it's organic in the middle of a practice. Um, and it's just constantly reverberated. We, you can't just talk about it. You have to walk it. You have to be about it. And 
Um, so that's something that's always being discussed, is always being put out there that, hey, this was your goal. This is the standard you set. Now we have to do the work to accomplish that. And again, you got to pay the toll. And so we're always kind of communicating that and the guys are communicating it and they take that ownership and they're, they're keeping themselves in check. We have some really good leadership between Daniel Lewis, who's really, really grown up and matured, especially in the last 12 months. Uh, John Ernesty is another kid, a senior who's, who's really taken a, a great leadership role on um, another hurt guy that's really stepped up and, and, and done a really good job bringing our young guys along as Canton Marriott, just always kind of positively critiquing them and in their ear and watching from the sidelines and, and helping. Um, so we, we just got our kids kind of leading the way. <clears throat> and then, you know, um, I'm sorry, Dave, you got to tell me the third no, no, question no. again. No, no, it's fine. So, you know, I talked about what are the goals and the same every year and how they're communicated. So, but I mean, do you guys think it's like, look, it's important. We win the Mac. It's undefeated. It's sure. Important that we're going defeated in dual meets. You know, it's important that we have this many guys on the honor roll. Like, you literally set those as, as targets or bogeys for the team? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, setting, we're setting goals academically. We're setting goals socially. Um, we're obviously we're setting performance goals. And, and, um, and like I said, we are literally talking about them daily, weekly, monthly, um, planned, unplanned. Um, it, it's, it's how you keep the, you know, everyone in line, everybody rowing in the same direction how you right. keep synergy within your program you keep the guys focused you talked about the dog days right. i definitely think that that helps during the dog days of january um our, our team isn't experiencing that and, I, and some of that's probably winning success kind of you know masks <laughs> a lot of things sometimes you yes, know I mean, to be honest is winning right <laughs> yes it, it's it and and with that probably comes some pressure but pressure can can be looked at two ways right pressure can be um, exhausting and debilitating and pressure can be stimulating and, and uh, exciting. And I think our team right now is really stimulated by the standard and, and what the goals are. So um, no dog days here. That's, that's for sure. Our kids are fired up. Break has been awesome. The training that we've gotten done, especially for our young guys, we've broken off into kind of like starters and key guys in the mornings and uh, red shirts and backups at another time. Um, so we're running, you know, it, it's more work for us, but, so we might be in the room three or four hours in the morning and then again two hours in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we get paid to do is coach wrestling and develop kids. And right. and I think this program, more than any other program, has, has proven that um, we don't need every weight to have a blue chip guy. We don't need to have the number one recruiting class every year. We can go get the kids that we identify, that we think fit our system, that we think fit Tiger style, that we think have the right mentality. And more times than not, we prove that we're right on that and we develop them. And um, Brian's been doing it for – Gosh, 21 years now, and I've been a part of it. Yeah, and I've been a part of it for five. So, it's um, it's I'm proud of that. I'm I'm definitely proud of that. We, it's funny when people are like, yeah, you guys, it's amazing. You don't get the blue chip recruits, and I'm like, y'all forgot about Ben, huh? And Max, and Jaden, and Jaden, and Daniel. It's like those guys aren't blue chip, huh? Elam, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I just forgot about Zach. Elam, you know, <laughs> yeah, so Malik, yeah. Malik Johnson. Yeah. Um, That's my guy. So, Malik, yeah. But I think, I, <laughs> sure. I, but I think what we've done is sprinkled in a lot of other guys with those guys along the way, whether it's a Raymond Jordan or a Michael Chandler or a Drake Hattishell to Mark Ellis and continue to just get lots and lots of mileage out of them. A John Ernesty, you know, a kid that was a backup and now all of a sudden is, he's going to be an All American this year. And yeah. we, we, can, we can do, we can do it with both. Yeah. Yep. Maze yep. is another guy I watched him wrestle his senior year oh. at the All Star meet. I'm like, this yeah. is going to be a problem for somebody. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, Levon. 
the bottom just to really get the kid. He worked really hard. Um, I, I was lucky to do his individuals his last two years. Um, at times, Levon was really challenging the way he looks at the sport and, and his emotion and his, you know, mental view to, to the sport. But once you get connected with them, you can get a lot out of them. And, um, you know, he was like a Rubik's cube and just, I had to be up for the challenge every day. So, um, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun coaching that being challenged. It's interesting. You know, you talk about your connection with guys because, um, you know, for people who don't know, you have a kid on your team named Savion Severado and, I'm friends sure. with him and his dad, and uh, they went down to the scuffle, and um, my dad and I cornered him and Jeremiah Kent, and they both went, I mean, you know this, but just for the people listening, they both went two and two. Jeremiah specifically had a, a match that I could have won. He lost literally with like one second left, and yeah, I didn't say anything to him that night. And next day, we're in the car, and we get done watching the semis on, on the phone, and just so you know... Cecil was driving, so we didn't break any laws or anything. But, <laughs> but we were we were studying wrestling, and you know it's funny they said it was funny they specifically brought you up, and they said, "Man, Clemson is going to be all over us when we get back." And I said to him, "Why do you think that is?" Well, because we lost. I said, "You think it's because you lost?" And they both got kind of quiet, and they go, "Well, it's because we could have done better." And I said to him, "I said." minute your coach stops yelling at you is the minute you need to worry i said because that means that yeah. guy has just checked out on you i said if they're still talking yeah. to you that means they still think you can get better so it was it was yeah, I think, interesting watching their face go ahead they, they, no it, just, it was interesting watching their face when they when they said that or they learned that yeah and I, you know i think um gosh i wish their answer would have been that he's going to be all over me because he, they uh they know that i love him you know that I that I want to I want to be I want I want them to have been long enough yet to know that they need a couple of years to know you love them. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, and, and and I would like to expedite that process because I think once you get that trust factor built, once you get that relationship established, you can really get even more out of the guys. And it's, um, you know, I, uh, those two kids, especially Jeremiah, I do have a really tight connection with. Um, I think uh, they're both going to be huge contributors for us down the road. Um, they're just—they're both so athletically dynamic. They're really good kids, but they're—they're they're on the flip side of that. You know, we talked about the senior leadership being a little immature or being very mature. You know, on the flip side of that, we a couple of our freshmen right now need to to listen to that leadership more and 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 help themselves along because it would help not just in in their wrestling but in their personal lives and in their school life and. Um, so we're trying to hold them to the fire and, and for the most part, they're doing really good. And, and I'm a tough critic and I'm a tough, tougher critic on the kids that I have the special bond with and that I, that I think are yeah. capable of more. Yeah. And, and they, and they know that. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm, when I'm evaluating them, I'm, I'm even harder on them. And, um, just the other day, Sevion and I were having a conversation about that just because of what he's capable of and, and what he's accomplished in the past. I mean, he's been on multiple age group world teams. And so, um, the talent is, is overflowing. So, and, and to those guys credit, they're, they're, they had an awesome break for sure. And, and I'm excited for them. They're going to compete. Well, they're competing right now at the UCM yeah. at the, yeah, at the Danker. So, right yeah. yep. Yep. Looking forward to seeing them bring home some hardware. I have a feeling they'll have a couple championships there. For sure. Well, you guys are a program that's, you know, nearly in the top 10 now. And I know that's got to be important for recruiting in the fan base. What, what steps or leap do you guys need to make to be there in the top five every year, you know, year in and year out? Well, we've been fourth, sixth, 
fifth, sixth, my first four years here. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the it's fourth not, highest. No, no, but it's the fourth it's the fourth highest finish in the NCAA over that time span of all the, of all the teams where we have the fourth highest finish, average finish. Um, so our, I, our program, I, I think we're not looking to, to be in the top five. I think that's where we are right now. Um, I think now we're looking is how can we, you know, get a, get a championship done? How can we, um, how can we take that next step? How, you know, gosh, even if that step, you know, we won a third place trophy, we won a fourth place trophy. Even if that step means first, we got to take a second, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe that's the next Genesis. Um, I'd like to just jump, jump that step and get right to a championship. Um, but I, I think it's just a little more of everything. I don't, I don't think we need to recreate the wheel. I don't think we're, we're that far away. Um, as good as Penn State is, as good as Oklahoma State is, and, and Iowa and o- Ohio State, I, I think we're right there. Uh, we probably need to hit on another recruit from time to time. We probably need some fan support to, to show up a little more from time to time. We probably need booster support to increase from time to time. Um, I, I think just, you know, if, if we could get 1%, 2%, 3% better in every area, um, we, we could capture that, and, and that's where I think Brian comes back into play where he's just so tireless. He's always on. He's always, you know, reaching. He's always scouting. He's always developing, fundraising, building, um, and that drives us to do that. And uh, um, so, I, unfortunately, I think it takes time. You know, I wish I had the, the magic wand and I could, I could whittle it and voila, but fortunately we all just have two hands. <laughs> and so we just we have to roll our our sleeves up and continue to work and um, we've got that blue collar mentality so <clears throat> I think it's gonna happen I don't think and I know it's gonna happen it's just it's a matter of time we're probably a year or two away from really being in the hunt to win a championship again you know if I'm being honest it doesn't mean stars can't align and we can't win one um, like Ohio State did in 15 um, not to take anything away from that championship but um, we were pretty darn good that year and all Penn State had redshirted some guys and Iowa didn't have the best tournament in 15 um, kind of all left the door open and they captured it we, if we could get one of those tournaments um, we, I think we could do it too so yeah. um, but I, I think we're gonna have a really really good opportunity in, in probably two years so yeah it's interesting though like I told everybody how good this past class was your 2018 class and I guess a lot of it was I literally had a lot of those guys, you know, either coached them or sure. talked to them about the program. And, but they were guys that were, they're not super, they're not Gable Stevenson's, right? But they're really, sure. they're really good. And it seems like Mizzou's done such a good job of keeping the best guys in state. And so, you know, like when I coach junior college, it's, it's different. You can't really put together like a three to five year depth chart because your goal is to actually help these kids win nationals and then never wrestle them again. You don't want to redshirt sure. them and help them go somewhere else. But, like, is there a magic whiteboard you guys have somewhere out there with a three chart? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, it's in Joe Johnson's office, and <laughs> okay. I'm constantly constantly in there uh, um, rewriting it and writing it, and probably much to Joe's chagrin because I'm leaning over his desk. He's like, why isn't this in your office? And I'm like, because then Brian would be in here doing it to me. So, um, and I – that's you get lately, for being the, for seniority, you get that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, sorry, Joe. Um, no, uh, I, it's just, he's got the whiteboard, and I don't. Um, I'm too lazy to put a work order in, maybe to get one. <laughs> I, I'm more of a spreadsheet guy, and so recently we, we I've built a, uh, I'm a 
business guy, so we've got spreadsheets for everything. And yeah. Brian's always like, you got to explain this to me. You got to explain this to me. And I am constantly explaining it and we're building it together. And we've got it out three or four or five years now. And, um, it is really important to shut our borders down. Um, since I've been here, we've done a, a really good job at, at that. Uh, only a, a kid or two is, is squeaked away. And sometimes, the, you know, that's just the way it is. But we right. know that if we can keep the best in-state talent home, we can win a national championship. And I think that goes for all the sports at Mizzou. Um, if, if, if Missouri football could keep more um, Missouri kids home, yeah. if Missouri basketball could keep more Missouri kids home, I, I think that would that would happen in all in all our sports. And um, everyone's working across the board at Mizzou Athletics to, to do that. So, um, you know, with that said, it's, it's, it's never ending. You know, we're always flying the flag. We're always reaching out to coaches. We're always, you know, thinking about where, where can we get to, where can we fill a void, who can do that for us. But we have to be smart about it, right? Who fits Tiger style? Who, who do we think can be grown within this system, this blue-collar mentality, this, this worker bee mold, and, and who can accept that challenge and really rise to the occasion? And um, that doesn't mean we won't stretch from time to time on a kid that we think, hey, you know, could he be? Well, you know, with the right locker room, could, could the other guys bring him around? Could a Daniel Lewis help bring along a, a freshman? Could a, could a John Ernestie help bring along a, another freshman? And, uh, and those kids will have opportunities too. And, and we're always thinking about how the locker room chemistry works and books. And it's, it's definitely important. But with, the, with that said, we, we want to win with Missouri kids. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, you know, like, I, without going in any other programs, you look at some of the other states that have the best high school wrestling, and if they were keeping all the best college guys in that state, they'd be, they should just be really good. And, you know, sure. there are certain states that I think, you know, guys won't say it aloud, but they're like, it's going to be really hard to get a kid out of there. And I think Missouri's become one of those states where other states are like, nah, like, you know, if we want to go in there and get that guy, we can. You know, there's no allegiance to you know, the, the yeah. university or universities in that state. And yeah. And I, and I think that's a credit to the high school coaches and the club coaches in the state for believing in Brian and believing in tiger style and believing in the capabilities of the program, the vision, the direction, the results, um, the, the future, you know, uh, people have really gotten behind, you know, coach Smith and what he's built and what he's done and what, where he wants to take it. And so um, credit to, to the high school coaches in the state and in the region um, and the club coaches. And, the, you know, I mean, gosh, Mike's a, just a ridiculous example of that. He, his own yeah. son wrestles for us. There's, I think there's no bigger endorsement than that. So, well, it's, it's a lot easier to, uh, to support somebody or a program when they're winning, right? Like, you know, Andy Hamilton, sure. a long time ago, he goes, coaches are either selling results or hope. And, yep. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, and then it, it it was very succinctly said, but it's literally the definition of recruiting. So yeah, I mean, I remember when we turned the corner, it's like, you know, I had to just tell guys like we're gonna be good because I'm gonna commit myself to this. So you guys can either, you know, lead, follow, or get out of the way. But we're we're not gonna be 17th. We're gonna be first, second, or third. Sure. Sure. And, and I think Brian's. Hard. Yeah, Brian's done a great job of both, and I think we're still doing both, right? Because we have. Unfortunately, we haven't won that title, so we're still we're convincing kids that we're you're going to have a chance to win a national championship. Not that we sold the 2018 class on that you guys with this class. Once we got the ball rolling, once we had the inertia going, um, it, it helped you know to, to say this we, we're, with this group, with this nucleus, what we got in front of you, and what we could capture behind you. Um, you guys will have a chance to win a title or two. 
Um, so um, we're we're selling we're still selling both, and uh, and it's paid off already. You know, you look at well, I can't comment specifically on any kid, yeah, yeah, right. but individually, but even our 2020 class is off to a great start. So um, yeah, it's just it's it's. It's never ending. <laughs> yeah, let's not let, let's not commit any recruiting violations. It's just gone well. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> we, we, we've had fun. So, um, so I want to jump subjects on you. I want to talk a little bit about RTCs. You know, and when I originally heard about these, I thought that the college would drive the RTCs, but I think now it feels like it's the other way around, where which RTC has the best guys and the most money has become a huge factor in recruiting. Sure. Sure. You know, what are your feelings about RTCs? What do you like, dislike, and what would you like to see changed, if anything? Oh, wow. We could <laughs> – we might want to have just a whole other day on that topic, David. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, think, I think we need some more transparency. I think we need some more oversight and some more regulation. I think right now um, we've got the wild, wild west going on. Um, I, I think that I, – I mean, I think we're, we're, we're teetering on what AAU basketball was 15, 20 years ago. And if we're not careful, we're going to wake up 15, 20 years from now, and it's going to look like AAU basketball and, and all the shady stuff that goes on with Adidas and Nike and, and what you're seeing with the FBI investigations. And I think basketball can survive that because they have the cash cow of March Madness and the 68 teams and a crazy, ridiculous three-week playoff that generates literally probably, you know, Billions of dollars. So um, I'm not sure wrestling is, if it was, if it continues to go on the slope of the trajectory it is, that it would be a fun um, time 15, 20 years from now if an investigation happened. Um, and that's, you know, if I'm being honest, I just, I think that's where we're at. I think we have some people that like to operate in gray areas and bend rules, and um, we're on a slippery slope. And um, I won't name names or call anybody out. But I'm, just that's not my position it's not where i am in my life right now or in my coaching tree but um some people say oh you you just you point fingers but you don't you don't really say anything it's it's not my place but everyone knows what i'm talking about and it's going on and um at some point i hope it changes i hope at some point people step in i hope usa wrestling you know can can really self-evaluate and say what's best for our sport overall and how can we help with the ncaa how can we help you know, a model that's really produced some amazing results so far with, gosh, just JB and Dake and Jaden and um, Taylor, and Taylor, gosh, Gilman. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Green. I mean, our whole our whole roster is is built through RTCs. I think you know our guy's right. the only guy that's now at the training center. Um, right. So. Uh, it's it's definitely benefited everyone. Uh, maybe maybe USA Wrestling more, uh, which is great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just at some point I hope we get to see some of the intrinsic results, you know, benefits back. But um, I think they could really help that yeah. you know that oversight and that kind of maybe more clearly defined um, operating procedures moving forward, and it would benefit everybody. So. Um, there's multiple agendas and i think whenever you have multiple agendas it's it's hard to find uh consensus right sure sure i think where we where we need to get to is how does everyone's agendas kind of you know if you had a venn diagram where 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 does it cross you know and really focused on nerd 
You are a fellow nerd, yeah. Ben. I love it. I, <laughs> I am a nerd. I am a nerd. But how do we, you know, how do we operate more in that middle ground? Yeah. Um, and then how do we make that middle ground then ripple out into helping USA Wrestling more and helping the, the programs more? So it, it can definitely be done. And I think at some point, I have a strong belief in the people in wrestling are ultimately really good people. Ultimately, we want to see the best thing for the sport at all levels. And so I think it's going to get fixed and it's going to get cleaned up and it's going to get improved. Um, I'm just always a, more of an action guy. I'm a, a, a now guy. Why not, why not just right now? Why do we have to wait for you know, something bad to happen or for a program to get in trouble or for a kid to, you know, be, you know, under investigation. Why don't we just clearly define rules and rules and expectations now? You know, why don't, why don't we just get on the front side of it? So sure. hopefully that'll happen. Yeah. So. Well, let me jump back to the, the college rules. We, we had one of those matches that lasted over a half an hour. Um, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about, but. I'm interested on your thoughts as a college coach at the highest level. What are your thoughts on the rule, the length of challenges, riding time, and maybe a possible step out rule? We can talk about these one at a time. Hands to the face rule. What do you What do you think? Hey, I love it. Um, I'm probably in the minority, but you know, I think about my guys in the past, Jaden Cox and Levon Mays, literally getting open hand punched in the face constantly yeah. as a deterrent for their motion and their speed and their movement, and it's it's not wrestling. It's like, that's no, that's what's next. If you guys want to go into the UFC, you can punch people at the UFC. You know, my, my buddy Gregor last night punched a guy a whole bunch of times, he but he did that in the UFC. He didn't do that at yeah. the national tournament. So, um, I didn't like where wrestling was going with, with the direct punches, basically with, with open palms and, and people can, can say, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And it's not that bad. It's like come into the room and sign the waiver. And then I'll punch you in the face 20 times and we'll see if it's not a big deal. Right. It's a, it was a big deal. It was a it was bad. It was not good for the sport. And um, I think some programs are really pushing it and taking advantage of of the lacks in the rule. I mean, it's the rule's always been you can't do it. It's just we got to a point where it was being allowed, and what was being allowed was really negative. And so the pendulum maybe swung too far the other way. But I think any time the rules become less objective and more subjective it's better for the sport ultimately in the long long run because it's easier to understand for the fans and a great example of that is the the drop down rule anytime the 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 hand goes below the waist there's a five second count simple it's easy to understand right just like in rear standing now it's not who initiated what leg came in ready to come in anytime the guy stands up it's on the top guy to bring them back down simple i like the objectivity and so i'll jump ahead to the, the push out rule i'm not super big on a push out um because I, I think American wrestling, folk style, traditional, you know, wrestling is, is about dominance and control. But if we're going to go that route, I'm not opposed to it than if it's two feet out. If you push a guy completely out, both of his feet, yeah. then, yeah, maybe a, maybe some kind of a war needs to happen. But I would still think a warning should happen first. Just, and I'd be okay you, even you with the like hands a of the face. warning? Is that what you would do? Yeah, go, yeah, and I'd be okay even with the hands of the face being a warning first and then a penalty sequence. And I'd be okay with... The, the two feet out's a warning, and then the next time two feet out's a point. I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I wouldn't want to go to something immediate, and I wouldn't want it to be one foot. Um, and people are like, oh, it's hard to tell, you know, when they're one foot out, two feet out. I'm like, well, in college football, it's one foot down, it's catches in the throat. It's, 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 not that, it's not that hard to tell. We, they, they do it on Saturdays one way and on Sundays the other. I mean, let's be honest. You could do it freestyle with one foot and folk style for two feet. But let's be let's be real here. Let's let's not limit ourselves. I think uh, I think anytime you limit is, is silly. So enough of that. Um, 
I, I, I'm not real big on the, the current push-out rules and the way they're applied with the stalling. I think it's really taken stalling away from wrestling in the middle. People aren't rewarded for action now. People aren't rewarded for offense and for risk because the refs are afraid to call stalling in the middle because they know they're going to have to call it on the edge a couple times. And it just, yeah. It's painted referees into bad corners and bad positions. And I get, I get from their position because no one wants to be the ref that stalled a guy out, right? They don't want to be that guy. But if they would call wrestling in the middle like they're supposed to, um, and with the current push-out rules, you'd, you'd probably have guys getting stalled out. Um, yeah. And maybe that's what needs to happen, and then guys would pick their pace up in the middle and they wouldn't go out of bounds. And so I, I don't know what the answer is. But I think, again, it's it's objective. So maybe the subjectivity would be better. Get rid of the current push-out rule and go to two feet out. Or two feet out, yes, reward. Two feet out, out no, wrestling continues. So um, I, I'd, I'd definitely be for that. Um, are you a writing time fan? Would you see it? I mean, the old school I am, was a point I'm, for every minute. I'm a, I'm a huge writing time fan, um, and I'm a huge advocate to go to, for a point for every minute. Really? Again, I think it fans. Oh yeah, heck yeah, fan friendly. You, a guy gets one minute of writing time, he gets a point. A guy gets two minutes of writing time. Why doesn't he get two points? Try explaining that to like just the guy off the no. street that watches football, <laughs> and basketball. I talked to Brian Smith last year about a new team point score, a dual meet system where literally every point matter like if you beat me yeah. 14 to 7 you know it's a 7 point I'm not go ahead yeah no I'm not I, I know what you're saying like where it's like hey if I'm, if the 25 matches 4 to 3 then then one team gets 4 points one team gets 3 points no no not that it was just you oh. it's for a win but that it, it was that why is a guy that wins on one second of riding time you know in the ultimate tiebreakers given the same amount of team points as a guy that won by 7 points sure makes sure sense. Yeah, but yeah, I see that. I yeah. see that. That is something that's crazy about our, our sport, I do think, right? Like, a guy goes out and fights like crazy and and, and, and maybe loses a, a, a crazy overtime match, you know, to the number five-ranked guy in the country when he's ranked 25, yeah. and your team got no points for that effort, right? You got nothing for that. So, um, but I, I'm not – I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel either. I'm, I'm fine with the team scoring the way it is. Um, but I, I, I'm totally for – you know, three. You ride a guy for three minutes, you get three points. Heck, you know, Daniel Lewis. Why shouldn't he get six points for getting six minutes of riding time? Especially if refs aren't going to call guys for stalling, sure. right? If, if, if refs going to let a guy go basically parterre defense and lay on his belly and sur- survive down there, well, then the top guy should be rewarded for holding him down there. Right. You know, call call stalling. Hey, I, I'm actually. You're, I'll throw something really crazy at you, David. All right. I, I'd be fine. I'd be fine with them getting rid of stalling altogether. Don't call it. There is no stalling. No, no stalling whatsoever. Have have a shot clock, you know, like, you know, that hey, if a guy hasn't initiated a true attack in 30 seconds, he's warned. Or, you know, if a guy doesn't get off the, the his belly, you know, in 30 seconds, or if a guy doesn't get off his base in 30 seconds, I don't know, you know, something like that. Gets to his feet, um, say, maybe he's warned. Like yeah. Yeah. I, again, I'm I'm just for more objectivity. You know, I'm I'm the guy that watches baseball, and you got the K zone on there, and and you have a ref or an ump, excuse me, yep. call a ball a strike and call a strike a ball. And it's like, why don't you just use the damn little box? It's, right. it's 100% accurate. You've got this box. Why do you even need the silly guy behind the plate? I, I just, I'm for objectivity. Um, uh, so <laughs> I wouldn't, I literally would not be okay. I would 100% be okay with them just getting rid of selling. Just call two feet out. Yeah. You get a point for each minute of riding time. Hey, that could be your strategy, right? And dual meet. It's like, if my guy was wrestling Daniel Lewis, if I was the other team's coach, I'd be like, don't get pinned. Yeah. Do whatever you can to not get pinned. And I, 
I would totally understand that. Now. <laughs> so, so it is, but but Dan, but Daniel's not being rewarded for it, and he's supposed to, with the way the rules are, but right. they're not calling it, and that's what drives me crazy about sub- subject subjectivity in the rules, is that that it's they're not always applied correctly with with, with the intent of the rule. So I'd like to take that out. So people are probably going to listen to this and be like, Clemson's a quack. They're like, well, we all are, if we're being honest. <laughs> well, I just think it shows how strong friendship is where a Cardinals fan and a Cubs fan can speak peace- peacefully about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my, my guy Chris Bryant was stirring the pot yesterday. I don't he, know if you saw that. He, yeah, my, my man is, is trying to get it going early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then the reporter, one of them, reminded him that his batting average in Bush Stadium is like 220. So he better back it up. He better stay healthy and, and hit, some, hit some dingers. Yes, exactly. What are your thoughts? So was there another challenges? Challenges there, and like oh, challenges? The, the length. I think of they're challenges. great. I mean, I I think they're great. Again, it's like it's um, refs make mistakes, right? I mean, everyone's human. So I would just like to see when a ref makes a mistake, like. What, what baffles me is when refs clearly made a mistake and everybody in the building knows it and they put, they put it on the jumbotron and everybody can see it. And they're like, Oh, he's going to overturn it. And then he comes out and he doesn't overturn it. And I'm like, bro, you just, you let your ego get in the way. You literally just made this the wrong call twice. You had a chance to correct it and you were too proud. And you, you, you called the wrong call two, two times in a row. Like there needs to be some sort of accountability for that. Like yeah. you, you even had a chance to get it right. And you, you double you double, like, you know what? So um, I, I like the challenges. Um, I, I do wish we could we could clean it up. I think we probably need to invest in some infrastructure. It comes down to dollars, right? I mean, right. football, again, we go back to football, right? Um, look at how fast their challenges are. Um, it's instantaneous. And sometimes it takes a little bit, right, for the for the umps to, to review different angles or see, see it several times to make sure they get it right. And sometimes, you know, you, you got to look, oh, where was the yardage at and what was the time and what does that do for the down and distance, et cetera. Same thing happens in wrestling. You know, you, you look at the Suriano and fixed match with the challenge. It's like, well, gosh, the, they got overturned. So now you gotta, now you got to go back. Well, okay, how much time was on the clock? Okay, great. Get the clock reset. Okay, how much riding time is there? Okay, now you got to get the riding time reset. Okay, now we got to explain to both coaches because they're both going bonkers. You got to get them settled down. And then we got to get communicate to the athletes. So some of it is a process. It's just it's part of it. We need to be more understanding, I think, as coaches and, and fans and, and athletes. Um, if if we really want to get things right, you know that it, it's there's a double edged sword there. Um, but I, I think it could be improved, and I think it could be um, it could definitely be made better with some more investment in infrastructure and technology. I mean, we 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 have we have the ability to 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 record quicker and, and turn it back better. We just we need to invest and, and it's hard because we're not a revenue sport and sometimes budgets are tight and, and equipment is expensive. And so I, I, I get that, but um, again, it comes down to, you know, where do we want our sport to be and how do we want it to be viewed and, and how do we want to grow it? And what's really, truly important. I think fan experience is one of those. And, and so is student athlete experience. And both of those things right now are <clears throat> maybe not as good as they could be or as strong as they could be with the current um, challenge system. But I, I don't want to scrap it by any means because um, I just think about it as an athlete a couple of times for myself, I could have used the challenge system. And I know I at least would have had, a, had an opportunity to win it and maybe affected yeah. an outcome of a match. Yeah, so I, I, I lost a I, national final on that. So I definitely, yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I, I definitely think if we're, if we're going to, you know, improve our sport, we need to have it, but it, it does need to be made better and, and there's ways to do it. We just, 
we, we, we need to we need to do it. Can't talk about it again. We need to be about it. One semester. What do you think? Oh, it's no brainer. We're again. I think wrestling people are resistant to change. We're opposed to change. It's like, oh, it's been this way. It's been this way. It's been this. Way. Well, great. It's always been this way. But why don't we go to one semester and be better? We could actually give our kids some time off. We could we could mandate, you know, a more defined recruiting calendar. We could mandate a, a more uh, some blackout periods for our kids to get rest. These kids are wrestling so much more at a younger age that rest and time off for their bodies is so much more important. Look at all the injuries we have right now in college yeah, wrestling. It is crazy, Some of the right? Super, the injuries, yeah. Well, it's, it's their, their bodies are worn out. Your body is like, is like a tire. You can only put so many miles on that tire, and it's going to have a blowout. And your body, your shoulder can only get stretched so many times. Your knees can only get bent so many times. Your hips can only get twisted so many Eventually, something's going to give. And, and that's something I think, again, I credit Coach Smith with is we are changing the way we attack practice and we are changing what we are doing in the off season and the preseason and, and how much live we're going and how much we're on the mat and, and telling our kids to go home and stay off the mats. And um, you, that's maybe why we don't have dog days in January. Um, so so <laughs> maybe, maybe I should be thankful some coaches want to keep doing it the old way and just keep running their kids into the ground and beating them up and ruining them. And we keep developing our kids and building them and protecting them and, and giving them up for opportunities to win when it, when it, when it counts. But if I'm being honest with where the sport could really benefit one semester sport, 100%, it would improve our quality of life for our coaches. It improves the quality of life for our student athletes. It would improve the, the fan experience. Uh, we could get more things on TV, you know, more matches, more tournaments, more duels. Um, we, we could definitely enhance the sport. I, I, for the life of me, the two things right now, that what we are not getting right is we do not have a national dual championship and we do not have a one semester sport. And I will flat out say, I will flat out say the coaches in the big 10 that do not want a national dual championship. They are wrong and they're hurting the sport. And I'll call them out. Kale is wrong. Tom Brands is wrong. Anybody that does not want a national duels championship is wrong. And they are not for um, promoting the sport long-term for the health of our uh, of our system and, and for the growth of, of our of our sport and for the, st- the, st- the stability of our programs long term, um, it just the only way we're going to continue to grow and improve is to have more TV exposure to create more revenue. Um, ESPN does not want to show more tournaments. They do not want to show yeah. um, more action in ten hour events at gyms. Fans don't want to sit in ten hour events right. in gyms. Um, it, it's it's absurd. Uh, dual meets are so much better experience for the fans. It's so much better experience for the student athlete. Um, if you want to grow a fan base, people can root for, for universities and institutions, right? Everybody loves the rivalry of Michigan and Ohio state. And a basketball fan can get behind that, right? Wrestling fans can watch those basketball games. Are you watching other basketball games? If you're a Michigan fan, probably not unless it's the national finals, right? Right. But you'll watch the Michigan Ohio state match every time that or the game every time. Just like people would watch Mizzou versus Iowa or Mizzou versus Nebraska or Mizzou versus Illinois. People would get behind those matches, Mizzou versus Okie State. Any of the old Big 12, Big 8 matches, our our fans would go bonkers for. Um, Any of the regional matches with UNI, um, anybody close, our fans would go. I'm saying the lay person, the general person. We would pack so many more people in. If you had a a true playoff, um, you know, an 18 playoff or a 12 team, I, I don't know what it would look like. Um, but they, we, we could definitely have a better system than we have now. And, and I, I just, I vehemently think that they are wrong. I, I like emphatically, I'm 
passionate about that. I think that the, the coaches that are against the national duels championship are wrong. And I would have a healthy conversation with any of those people at any time. So I would welcome that. The one thing I will tell you about the one semester sport is it, it, it shut down. It shuts down a lot of possible arenas because you can't go anywhere. A city that has an NBA or an NHL playoff team. Team well, well, you just you, you have to schedule it right. It'd just be one of those things that you'd have to put out in advance. And you're thinking you're thinking spring semester, aren't you? Yeah. I'm thinking fall. I'm thinking fall semester. Why would we want to go up against hockey, baseball, and basketball in the spring? Why wouldn't we just go up against football in the fall? Well, if they go fall, that you're right. That because then they can do like what we do here in St. Louis, where you skip the blue schedule around it if they know four years out. Right. Yeah. 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 If they yep. go fall, that changes everything. It also is a lot yep. easier I, I, guys eligible. I, and it's a lot easier to recruit state tournaments too. So No, no doubt. No, it's a lot easier for fans to get to us and for us to get out to recruit. Again, I, Dave, I just I think it makes too much sense. I just think we are so resistant to change that we we won't do it. And it it kills me. So kills me. Well, my last big picture question for you. I think I know the answer is should so let me ask it to you this way should there be a dual meet separate dual meet national championship or should they try to make it a blend of the of a dual meet type of tournament and then the individual tournament <clears throat> i mean in a perfect world in a perfect world right you would have a true dual meet champion and a true tournament champion i would be all for that right now the ncaa does not want to give us another championship they do not want to award another trophy they, they just don't want to they don't want to do it maybe with women's wrestling emerging we can use that as a bargaining chip to say hey you added a women's championship now give us another men's I, maybe that could happen um that would be in a perfect scenario but i think because that's not happening right now doesn't mean that we should just say okay scrap it don't do anything and just keep doing the same thing which right now we're we're in a, a net loss of programs and and that's not good. And, and the programs that are adding right now are not in Power 5 schools. And I will welcome any school or any conference or any place that wants to add wrestling. That's not what I'm saying. So I want to, sure. want to right, make that right, really right. clear. I commend Presby. I commend um, Little Rock. I commend the, the schools that are stepping up like Augustana and, and Cal Bath and et cetera, um, LIU Post. I, it's, it's great. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's awesome for our sports. But we are not adding, you know, the, the Power Five schools where, you know, that's where we, what we really need to do because they're copycats, right? When, when a sport starts to drop, well, then everybody looks and says, well, let's drop. So if we could get a Texas to add or a Florida to add or a Clemson to add, an Alabama to add, well, then that would be the cool thing to do and other, other, other people would copy that too. Um, so, uh, you know, how do we do that? Well, we have to, we have to grow the sport. We have to, you know open people's minds up and make a better product and continue to get on TV more. And so adding a dual meet component, a dual meet championship would do that because that's what ESPN wants to cover. That's what they want to have on the platform. And it's because that's what's fan friendly. That's what's user friendly. Um, that's one of the reasons why we go to the South Beach duels is our kids can go to a gym, weigh in, wrestle a great team, have a short break, wrestle another great team and be done for the day. I got to see every kid on my team wrestle. Yeah. The fans got to root for their, their whole institution, all the kids that they know and they, their, their sons are friends with that they've grown up supporting, you know, through their club system and their high schools sit and, and they can get behind a, a true team. And, and we see down in Florida, we have people to show up 
that are Mizzou grads, and they're like, oh, we were vacationing, and we heard about this event. We came over, and they want to get pictures with us, and they want the kids' autographs because, you know, we are a, a big deal here at Mizzou. We're the, we're the best team on campus. We're the only one, you know, on the guy's side that's ranked in the top ten every, t- you know, year in, year out. Yeah. So our kids are celebrities. And uh, we, have, we have people that um, that make the trip. They're like, oh, it's, it's Florida. Let's go down, and we'll watch some wrestling. And they're not true wrestling fans, but they're Mizzou fans. And they can go to a gym and they can sit there for two hours and watch a match and watch us, you know, wrestle a Lehigh, a Purdue, a Cornell, a, you know, and they're super happy about it. And they had a great time. And that's how you grow the fan base is through little meets. And, um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm super passionate about this. So, yeah, um, you can tell. And it's cool. It's cool. Like even people that agree with you, obviously it's awesome. But even the people that I think – even if, you know, smart people can disagree about certain things, but it's if you listen with an open mind, it's 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 how ideas happen, and it's how, you know, it's how things get done. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I probably got the most time to talk to you this summer, you know, like where we actually just sat around and neither one of us had to, you know, had a, a huge deadline, either you in a corner or sure. me doing nine interviews. And so, so last time I learned you were actually a Cubs fan, but I, I chose to ignore that. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, but I know you're a long-term Cubs fan. You're not a band. Would have a problem no, with that. long-term. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and this time, I learned that we're probably fellow Google Doc nerds, and that you know what a Venn diagram is, and that you is <laughs> about wrestling besides that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been really. Yeah, I'm, you know. Go ahead. I'm a pretty open book. I'm a pretty open book, and sometimes that's. I'm probably, some people are going to hear this interview and they're going to probably like me more. And some people are going to hear this interview and they're going to hate me more. And that's just, that's probably been my personality since I was about six or seven years old. And, um, I'm am who I am and I'm probably not ever going to change too much. And, um, that's probably why the people that love me in my life love me and, and <laughs> I don't really don't. So, um, and I'm completely okay with that. I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin. So, um, but I, I, I welcome conversations. I welcome um, people who disagree probably with the national duels. I'd, I'd love to, to have a, a forum with it or a conversation with some of these other coaches. And, and, and I want to hear why it's not good. I just, I, I right now, all I hear is no, no, no. But no one has any reasons. No one has any, I haven't heard them anyways. Um, it, it's like, why, what, what about what we're doing right now is helping grow our sport? What about what we're doing right now is helping us promote our sport? What about what we're doing right now is helping us draw new revenue streams or grow revenue streams? It's, that's not happening. So, um, yeah, I I don't think anybody's really got a great answer. Right. Well, my mom, who's the first woman to go into the Missouri wrestling hall of fame, told me if everybody likes you and nobody dislikes you, it means you're probably not standing up for anything. (laughs) <laughs> and I learned that a long time ago, and the older I get, the more that makes sense. So um, I'm going to get – I'll see you next month. Um, I, don't, I, I haven't even told anybody, but I'm actually doing play-by-play for the Missouri State Championships. And I know, oh, cool. Yeah, and you guys have a uh, just a small duel with uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> Not a big deal. Yep, yep. Be a great, great, great match. Um, we're going to do it in between the medal rounds and the state finals. So that'll be over at the Missouri Arena. And in between that, but when they take that break, we're going to do a dual meet um, against Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, that's that's been a great rivalry going back again to the Big Eight and Big Twelve years. Uh, John has been great to keep us on the schedule, and, yeah. and he likes the the competitiveness between the two teams. The the 
the two Smith boys can, can duke it out with their, their programs. And I think there's a big contrast there between coaches and philosophies and and program, program history and everything. Um, It's it's a really cool um, rivalry. We've made it a rivalry with how competitive we've made it. Um, I think my, my four years here were two and two against them. We've stolen one down there, which is a super hard place to win. They've stolen one up here. Um, which we're a tough building to come in and win at. Uh, the, every, each duel has been, I mean, gosh, two years ago, we lost a five-five split. Um, it, it's just, it's been really, really competitive. Uh, I have a ton of respect for John, a ton of respect for the program down there and what they do and what they've accomplished. Anybody that's a wrestling fan or a wrestling nerd has to appreciate Coach Smith and, and his yeah. success as, a, as an athlete and a visionary and a coach. And I, it drives us to be, better and, and, and compete harder and, and that's going to be another great match two two really good programs with really strong lineups lots of exciting matchups within the within the match again you talk about you know people that are basketball fans and football fans here in, in columbia they they remember the okie state battles and, and all those other sports and uh um, you look at how good our fan base turnout was for the bowl game right. um, against okie state uh, we're going to have a great crowd for that for that duel and it will be there will be several um, hundred fans there that have nothing to do probably with, with wrestling, but want to see us whoop Okie state and, uh, and, and anything it'd be tiddlywinks and they'd want to see Mizzou beat Okie state. And so again, that dual meet format's exciting. So is it, is it in Hearns or in the Missouri? <clears throat> it's in the Hearns. It's in the Hearns. Yeah. So that's why I figured people were just going to literally walk right across the parking lot. Right. Literally. Yep. Yeah. hundred, right. hundred yards. Yeah, don't move your car. Don't pay for parking again. Yeah, nope. it should yep. be good. Well, I'll be down there for it. Um, this time of the year, i just like to wish everybody good health. I think, you know, as a Thank coach, you. you just, you know, every day that, you know, your trainer doesn't come to you is, is good news. So No doubt. And, you know, I, I got a, you know, you got a bunch of guys on that team that I'm friends with. So um, I appreciate your generosity uh, time-wise. And, you know, you're a good friend to, to me and my family personally. It was, it was fun to get to corner your guys down there last i guess it was earlier this month but yeah that was yep. fun and uh this is an inside joke but two big claps for the rest of the year okay alex <laughs> i appreciate it buddy back at you all right ladies and gentlemen that was mizzou associate head coach alex clemson i'm david maricatani thank you so much for listening